This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. We've heard the stories about how the younger generations are bogged down by things like student loan debt, high rent payments, and health care costs. But an idea by Wharton School grad Anchor Jane, known as Built or Built Technologies, is looking to make things better for them and help them maybe building better wealth and heading towards a better life. He's brought forward the idea of helping these people earn rewards that can also help them maybe make that next big purchase or important purchase. The idea has support from a variety of big names, MasterCard, Wells Fargo, Blackstone, Starwood, and many others in their funding rounds. Pleasure to have Anchor Jane joining us, the founder of Built Technologies, to talk about what they're doing. Anchor, great to have you with us today. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. This is an interesting mindset. Obviously, it's it's one that comes at an important time where, you know, so many people are dealing with these issues. But kind of take us and give us the backstory as to how the idea for Built kind of played out. You know, it's funny, right? Sometimes the simplest ideas are the hardest ideas, right? And uh, you know, it starts, if you look at where consumers are spending, there is no bigger spend category than rent payments today. Uh, there's $500 billion a year spent on rent. Rent prices, you know, just in the last year, you know, in New York City, for example, have gone up 15%. But even in like Pittsburgh, rent prices have gone up 20% year over year. And yet, for most people in this generation, where they're spending, uh, you know, thousands of dollars on rent a month, they get nothing back, right? Yeah. And so we said, why is it that paying rent, you know, doesn't allow you to earn rewards the same way you can when you use your card at a restaurant or a grocery store, right? Why yeah. is it that paying rent, which is your single biggest liability, doesn't build your credit history? And why is it that paying rent gets you no closer to home ownership? Right? And uh, I think sometimes just asking those basic questions are, were the key. And that's how we, uh, we got to developing what's now built, uh, which is the first loyalty program and credit card that actually lets you pay your rent without fees at any apartment in the country, build your credit, and earn points and miles on rent payments. And when you think about that that kind of aspirational goal of of moving from being a renter to a homeowner, that's an important process, and and it's a challenge in itself to get from one side to the other. And I guess that's part of the goal here is to try and ease that that path a little bit. Yeah, and honestly, make it easier for people to understand the options, right? Like part of the challenge. I mean, I, you know, as a Wharton grad, you think this would be the easiest thing for me to figure out. I just went through to buy my first home. <laughs> And right. it was like, it is so complicated. You spend your whole life thinking about housing as a monthly cost. And yeah. then when you're ready to buy, it's so hard to figure out how much were you supposed to save? What can you afford? What is your $5,000 a month New York rent, which is crazy, get you in the terms of home ownership? And is that the right decision for you? I mean, little things like that. And so I don't know if you saw yesterday, Dan, but we launched in response to that. Uh, you know, we we announced two things. I guess one, we announced we raised 150 million dollars. We went from zero to a billion and a half as a profitable company in just 14 months, which I think is a testament to how big of a problem this is for our generation. Sure. But we also launched yesterday a new service called Built Homes with a pretty yeah. simple concept. Again, so we worked with FHA, worked with Fannie Mae, worked with Freddie Mac, and said, guys, millennials and Gen Z think of housing as a monthly cost. Let's make it really easy to automatically show them homes that they can buy for that same monthly payment, factoring in their credit score, their credit profile, income, and real-time interest rates. 
And like, by the way, you know, just this morning, I was actually looking at, at my bills and, you know, interest rates have gone up to like 7.3% today for a Fannie Freddie conforming mortgage. So yep. that $5,000 a month is only getting you like $600,000 a home in New York. And so for that person now, renting may be a better choice, but you can make that decision a lot simpler now with a, pro- a program like Bills. Well, right. And, and, and it's it's having the information available that I think is part of the bigger issue and, and the understanding as well, because I think you get you, you you have a lot of platforms out there that, you know, provide you that basic headline number, but they don't really tell you what that process is to make sure you can right. afford it. And so that you're not, right. you know, in a situation similar to what we saw with a lot of people more than a decade ago. That's exactly right. And that's, that's the thing. If you look at things in terms of monthly payments and what you can afford and your debt-to-income ratio, people can really get set up for success. But similarly, you know, you go back to while you're renting. I mean, people are signing. Let's take a, let's take a $2,000 a month rent. You're signing a $24,000 a month contract to pay two grand a month on time every month on the first. And when you go out to get a mortgage, they're going to look at you and say, well, sorry, sir, you don't have any credit history which is insane. And yeah. so, I mean, even simple things like that. So we, you know, we worked with Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, and we built, and we launched this last year. It's the first service for free nationally where renters can actually build their credit history with every on-time rent payment. And if you look at the recent yeah. studies, I mean, Experian was showing us that the average millennial can increase their credit score by 60 points using this type of service. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that just gets overlooked because, you know, for the last two years, everyone was so focused on crypto that they just forgot that rent is still people's biggest, biggest cost every month. Do you think then as you continue to see, you know, people join this service and, and as it builds out, that to a degree it will also maybe help some of the elements of the housing sector that really have been, I, I think, a little confounding with with some of the issues that have popped up over the last several years. Totally. I mean, look, it's it's hard to talk about inflation today as a general number because half the population owns, half the population rents, right? Yeah. And if yeah. you look at, you know, when you have a mortgage, one of the benefits, obviously, is that you have a locked-in monthly payment, and it's not yeah. jumping on you year over year. But for the other half of the population, most of whom are under the age of 35, who are already, as you know, like, you know, I graduated in 2011 coming just after the financial crisis, right? I mean, most of us are still recovering from what was a bad economy we graduated into, many folks with student loans, right? And so to then be hit with these massive rent increases just makes it really hard. And so if we can at least, while the market is doing that, put those rent dollars to work for you. I mean, a lot of our users, by the way, take the points and miles they now earn on rent payments and use it to fund their travel so they can yeah. still get around, see friends, see family, without having to go into debt on something like that, right? Well, yeah, and that was the other thing I wanted to mention because we, we talk about this in the scope of maybe being able to buy the first home, but there are a lot of other components where you can kind of lighten the load uh, at, you know, for people at a younger age. 100%. I mean, you look at people's biggest expenses, right? It's health and wellness and health care. It's travel, it's loans, like student loans, and it's housing, right? And so with bills, we take housing, your largest expense, we get you points and miles, we build your credit. So now with your better credit, you get lower rates on your loan. With your points and miles, you now have access to travel the world, you know, on 
all the top airlines and hotels. You can use your points to book fitness and wellness, you know, courses or classes, whether it's a full cycle class or an Equinox uh, membership, or you can use it to buy a home, right? And I think the other part that's really exciting is, Dan, in 2019, we got regulatory approval for the first time ever to use the rent payment history to help people qualify for a mortgage and to be able to use the points to cover the down payment. And so, again, it gives people that flexibility. It's another savings tool uh, that our generation now has access to just by doing what you're already doing, just paying rent. Why do you think it, it, it is it the technology side maybe that has it's taken this long to be able to use the history of, of of rent payments as an advantage to the person that's paying it to give them that boost? Is it is it just the, the technology itself or is there is there something within the yeah. mindset of the industry that has kind of prevented this? Yeah, look, I think so. Unfortunately for the consumer, right, housing, there is a housing shortage nationally. And what that has meant is that the real estate industry, you know, especially pre-COVID, didn't have to do much to keep those rooms full at all their buildings, right? The occupancy was just consistently at 90, 95%. I mean, honestly, it's why you still see like 70, 80% of rent payments done by check. I mean, every other industry has modernized to digital payments, right? And so... It took a moment like COVID. It took being able to bring together the real estate industry and say, look, if we come together and rebuild the underlying architecture so that people can pay with a credit card without paying a 3% fee, they can earn rewards points on rent, they can build credit, that is going to be an important differentiator for the market going forward because, look, a lot of millennials are just fed up with, with the old status quo. And there's a lot of folks who are moving back into their parents it's just a way to yeah. save money uh, instead of paying, you know, high rent prices. And so, you know, I think that was a moment in time which let us bring the payments industry together, the, you know, the Wells Fargo's and MasterCard's of the world, the real estate industries, the, you know, the Blackstones or Avalon's or related to the world. But then also all the kind of redemption rewards ecosystem that makes programs like American Express or Chase so valuable, right? I mean, people want points for travel. They want points for lifestyle. And then with built, they also want points obviously for, you know, eventual access to home ownership. Joined by anchor Jane, who is the founder of uh, built technologies. Uh, so, I mean, it, it also says something uh, anchoring, you mentioned about the, the latest funding round that you have companies like the ones that have, you know, have bought in that understand the idea that you're trying to bring forward and, and understand also the problems that are out there and, and what something like this could potentially alleviate for them. It's, it's a big statement for you, but also the mindset of, of where you want to take uh, built in the future. I appreciate it. And you know, it's also kind of a fun throwback and it's also fun getting the opportunity and privilege to be on the show. I mean, obviously I came up and learned, learned my kind of skill sets at Wharton, but you know, even yeah. with this funding round, I mean, we had the opportunity to partner with, uh, a college uh, hallmate of mine, Harley Miller, who founded the, the $1.4 billion growth fund, Left Lane Capital. And it was, uh, you know, serendipitous reconnecting uh, 10 years or more now post-college that, uh, that brought this together. But I think there's, there's a really exciting moment, especially when the rest of the market is kind of feeling the pain to say, look, if you focus on businesses that solve real problems for real consumers, Right, and you focus on unit economics. I mean, which 
you know, 101 you learn in, at, over at Penn, right, that there is yeah. an opportunity to build fast-growing businesses even as the market might enter a recession, right? And, and we see that here. Rents aren't going away even if, you know, the market, the rest of the market slows. So you touch on that, and let me kind of expand on that because obviously we know where we are right now as an economy. We know that, you know, if we're not in recession, there's probably one, you know, coming right around the corner. How do you think that will impact or will it impact in general what you're trying to build out now? I mean, how do you kind of protect the process of what you've built with the potential impact from a recession over the next 6, 12, 18 months? I mean, look, we're seeing this already as as things other as other things slow, and companies stop throwing free money at people. You know, the VC subsidized products. Even more and more, consumers are now focused on their biggest expenses, right? Their student loan payments and their rent payments and their healthcare payments. And so, when you look at the market, like if you take our credit card product for example, and you're trying to decide whether you want to get an American Express card or a Chase Sapphire card or a Built Mastercard. Built is the only one that's going to reward you on your single largest expense, right? And it's going to give you the same earnings on everything else, right? And so yeah. we're seeing actually a massive influx of customers moving their spend onto the built product because for the first time, they're actually getting more value out of the same spend habits. And as their yeah. other categories shrink, the value of the built platform becomes even greater to the customer, right? Were there were there challenges then when when you thought about the process of doing a credit card, uh, of the banks you know supporting behind that, of their mindset of understanding what you were trying to do and saying okay yeah this is a good idea we'll help support you with that. Yeah, I mean look, this is uh behind behind every win was years and years of challenges and banging your head against the wall and hard work to figure this out. I mean we've been we've been working on this in 2018. And we're only really able to launch, you know, middle of last year. So it took a long time to get people <clears throat> their heads around this. And I think, you know, one of the, for example, misconceptions that I think a generational difference is some of the folks in prior generation who, you know, tend to be the executives of a lot of the banks think of renters as a different type of population, right? They think of it maybe as a, oh, you couldn't buy a home. Yep, and what exactly. we see in our generation is, you know, millennials are moving around. They're up and coming. If you're, you know, you're a Wharton grad working at Goldman Sachs in New York, you're probably renting, right? It's a very different customer base. But you have that, that breadth of, of folks who can't afford home ownership and are renting all the way through to some of the most affluent individuals renting. So the market is different. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to Wells Fargo for seeing that trend and taking that that jump and saying, look, this could be kind of the the way we engage, especially with the next generation of banking customers is be there for them through their biggest expenses, starting, you know, in their first apartment. What do you think that this experience over the last couple of years in, in pun pun intended here, building out built (laughs) has, has really taught you and, and, is there a message you have kind of come out of this process to this point that would be good for an entrepreneur that is 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 in the process of building out an idea right now? Yeah, so I'd say, look, there's two things that have, have really stood out to me that I, I wish I had known when I was doing my first company straight out of college, right? The first is you cannot undermine the importance of distribution, 
You can have the best product idea, the coolest technology, but at the end of the day, distribution wins. And too many startups, I think, and, and myself at my first company, right, you think that if you just build a good product, you'll figure it out and you can acquire customers on digital ads or spending or Facebook or whatever. And the reality is costs on those services just don't create sustainable businesses, right? They can be extra fuel on the fire, but if you don't own a proprietary distribution channel, it's very hard to grow and succeed. And so with Built, we invested the first two, three years building that ecosystem of the largest real estate owners across the country as our partners in this business. And now run payments and loyalty uh, for these companies, right? So that becomes our built-in distribution channel. Yeah. The second, you know, the second thing I'll say is like, it is so easy uh, to get pulled into tangential distracting things by, you know, investors and VCs who love to jump on the latest bandwagon, right? And I cannot yeah. tell you, you know, how much pressure we had in the first two, three years from every investor being like, why aren't you doing crypto? Why isn't this on the blockchain? Why aren't you doing NFTs? Like, you know, and it's just like it was the latest buzzword <laughs> of the of the moment, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah. And you know, when you're out there trying to raise money, it's easy to want to just like jump into the latest buzz to go raise capital, right? Yeah. And I think it was, um, and that was a mistake we made also at our first company, right? And so this time around, being able to be disciplined and focused on the core like problem we wanted to solve, which wasn't about crypto and NFTs and blockchain and being focused, I think has, has paid off in the long term. We're seeing that now as kind of the markets get volatile and all of a sudden now all the VCs love to talk about profitability today, which we just focused on from day one. Yeah. Anchor, great to have you with us today. Uh, thanks for your time. Always good to, to share these, uh, these fun stories. So, and we'll stay in touch as uh, so all much. of this develops. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You got it. Anchor Jane, who is the founder of Built Technologies. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.